Welcome to the Players Podcast. This is your host, Coach Noza. The Players Podcast is brought to you by the Salem Hoops Project. The Salem Hoops Project provides free basketball training to kids in Northeast Salem, Oregon. It's our firm conviction that no child should be limited from athletic opportunity due to financial limitations. For more information, visit the SalemHootsProject.org. Now on to the show. To continue to play like you are after a great high school career, a great college career, and now doing the YouTube thing, and with the injuries you've had, you have to have a deep love for the game to continue to do it. And I'm just curious, where did that love come from, and how long has that love for the game grown in you? Man, it's the love for basketball is like I go back into my early childhood thoughts, and there's like, riding riding my bike for the first time um and and then and then there's basketball so it's like those are two two of my first like physical activities that I've ever done and enjoyed so it's like as early as I can remember I've always had a basketball in my hands whether it was in preschool when you're shooting on little fake tiny little hoops that don't even have a backboard or anything like that to you know in, in kindergarten the first time I ever dribbled between the legs just like little moments like that built up and made my love even stronger for the game I don't know it's it's I'm sure everyone kind of has a similar story of you know when they fell in love with basketball but mine's just always been one of my first earliest memories and it just progressed through you know elementary school middle school I always played a ton of different sports but basketball was always my favorite um yeah I played I, I mean I played baseball football soccer anything you name it I was playing it but basketball was always the one that I could count on be there as my, my true my, my first love you know so it just started at a very early age and continued to get better and better as I got older and older I was talking about this with somebody else and I'm just curious just gonna throw this out there my first memory of watching the NBA live was game four of the 1990 NBA finals Danny Young made a half quarter to tie the game but it was just after the buzzer do you remember your first memory of watching the NBA on TV? Gosh, that's a great question. I don't, I don't know my very first NBA memory, but like some of the first memories that pop in my head are the Blazers and Lakers playing in the playoffs early, early 2000s, 19 and the 1990s. And same with like Sacramento versus the Lakers, that series mm -hmm. where Robert Ory hit the game winner I remember I was with my family at the beach and I don't, I don't remember how old I was. I don't remember the date on that game, but I had to have been pretty young, six or seven, you know? Yeah. So I just remember being heavily invested in those games as a yeah. young kid, you know, like I was always a, a diehard Laker fan growing up. Kobe was my favorite player. Yeah. Still, still is to this day. Um, but yeah, those are, those are some of my earliest NBA memories, right? That's a good question. It's always fun to think about. I think I was about six at the same time. So my first memory is about the same age as you were, so that's pretty cool. So let's go. Let's go to high school now. You started having some injuries in high school and then through college. How did each injury you have change your mindset? And like, did each time you get hurt make you think like it's not worth it, or did each time did you come back even stronger? Man, so in, in high school, I was pretty fortunate to never have like a major, major injury. So. Um, I always just dealt with ankle problems, man. I mean, you remember you were working me out. I was always dealing with some ankle problems where I was having to stretch on the side, this and that. And I was even after high school going into college too. Um, so pretty much in high school, it was really my, my, uh, well, I did, I broke my ankle going into my sophomore year, wait, going into my junior year of high school, sophomore, junior, I don't really remember. 
it was, it was a while ago now, <laughs> but that's when it started. Um, so I broke my ankle. I actually didn't even know I broke it and like was going to school. It was probably June and, uh, I was limping around and everything. My dad's like, okay, we, we have to go get an x-ray. You can't, you can't be walking around on this. I think it's, it's worse than you think. So I go in and the teacher or the, the doctors give me the x-rays and she comes out and basically yelling at me like my foot's been broken for six days or so I'd been walking on it and then it's just kind of so young not knowing how to deal with injuries I wish I would have known earlier on to where just dealing with health and fitness and just taking better cares of my taking better care of my knees ankles and hips specifically I wish I would have done earlier on but like the way those injuries shaped me it's like I'm, I'm thankful for them but at the same time I wish they never happened you yeah. know because yeah. you, you learn to fight through adversity and really go through a lot of difficult times to where, man, it, it prepares you for life. It sets you up for life, definitely. It's where it's like, man, being on a team, going through an injury where all those guys are counting on you, you really have to fight through adversity to come back and come back even stronger. And I feel like every time I got injured, especially in high school, I came back even stronger. Um, but there was just a lot of back-to-back -back ankle injuries in high school to where my senior year, I really didn't even play that much. And then um, I don't know how much those ankle injuries shaped my hip injuries for the future to where if maybe I was walking a little different, I mean, it's, I'm sure they did break down to a science to where if, I mean, if you're leaning one way, yeah. the other way gonna, something's going to happen over there. So I don't know how much those shaped my ankle in, or my hip injuries, but it was almost the first or second month I was at the university of Oregon. I started getting um, like this numb, dull feeling down my leg. And I was like, okay, I've never had this before. This is really weird. And then it turned into like the sharpest, sharpest pain I've ever had. And it, it was weird because it was starting in my ankle and almost getting sent back up to my hip. It was, it was, it's just like one of those things you can't explain. And it's so unexplainable that like the, the doctors and everything at Oregon didn't really know how to handle it because it was a relatively new injury in, in some way um, to where this, this, this hip my hip had like a, an extra bone growth on it that was slowly scraping away at like the inner lining of my hip socket. It's kind of gruesome and everything, but it, it yeah. just over time ended up tearing pretty much everything in there. And I had to get, you know, reconstructive surgery basically to shave things down and make it so my hip socket could move. But with that being said, I wish I like, I wish I would have known more about hips, knees, and ankles because I think with the proper, you know, strengthening and stretching, this and that, I could have done a lot better in my rehab and maybe not came back so early. Um, but since it was such a, a relatively new surgery, the doctors didn't really know how to handle it. And I definitely didn't know how to handle it. I mean, I'm, I'm not a doctor in any way, so I'm just trying to listen to the people with the best advice. So I think if this injury would have happened, you know, five years later, I could have handled it a lot better. But yeah. back then, the it, it was something that was tough to get through, man. I mean, first going into surgery, doctors telling you it's going to be two, three months, you'll be fine. Then coming out of surgery, telling you I can't, I I can't leave my bed for two weeks. Wow. And I'll, I'll be back in six months. So, and then what in reality came back was I was not back to 100% health in over a year. So it, it was just kind of like getting pushed down further and further through this whole process and kind of just having to prepare 
as you know things come along and it's really unexpected you kind of got just got to go with the flow with injuries you know you really have to listen to your body and learn learn your body which again i'm thankful for because i've been able to learn my body more than i ever thought i would and the hip injuries are still something i deal with today i mean um I'm mo most nights i'm up till midnight 1 a.m foam rolling if i if i can't sleep because i have bad hip pain still um so that's actually one of my 2020 goals is really to figure out how to go a, a, a a night without any pain, hip pain. So that's, that's, that's my main goal right now. Go, go without sound like, sound like you're 55, man. I know, man. It's bad. <laughs> Real bad. But I understand. Cause uh, when I was in, when I was a junior in, in college, the doctors were like, you have the backup, like a 55, 60 year old. So, and yeah, I mean, I, I went years where just getting out of bed was hard with my back, but even at grad school at Rice, I, uh, I did, I rolled my ankle um in preseason and then i got an x-ray on it and i was like okay is it is it broken how's it looking and um i remember the doctor was like uh, it's it's looking like you have the arthritis of a 70 year old already <laughs> in your ankles yeah <laughs> he's like it's not broken but your arthritis is awful so it's so just basketball man it beats you up you already know oh yeah it's a demanding sport so at pepperdine you were declared medically retired right yeah. So what motivated you to want to come back and play again? You went to Rice afterwards. You played another season or most of the season, right? Did you get hurt again? Yeah. 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 So I, I played the early season at Rice. So what, yeah. motivated, what motivated you to do that? So, man, well, just like going back to the, the hip injury at Pepperdine. So it was my, it was my second, after my second hip surgery at Pepperdine, um, the, I came back from it. I tried to play in that season. And then towards the end of the season, I was uh, experiencing the worst hip pain I've ever had. I actually didn't sleep for four straight days in the middle of the season. And um, man, I, got, I just got to thank the, the Pepperdine staff and everyone for just being patient with me and helping me out through that process because it was, it was gruesome. It was awful. I was in the worst pain of my life, man. I, I didn't sleep for four straight days. And um, I went to the same doctor I'd been dealing with for years out there. And he told me, you know, you, you can't, you can't play again. You're not going to be able to run again with, with this going on. Um, and you'll, you won't be able to play basketball again. And that kind of like, man, you, you see, you see that type of stuff in movies, you know, you don't really yeah. see that. It doesn't, that just doesn't happen to us. You know, it's like, there's no way to really prepare for that. Uh, that moment when, you know, a doctor tells you, you can't act out your, your first love, you know, you can't play basketball anymore. So I, uh, I took it rough. I really did. Um, I didn't know what to do, how to do it. I was, I, I took it so bad that I was, I was almost embarrassed to be around my team and coaches because I felt like I'd let them down so much. Um, so I, I feel like I really isolated myself during that time and just kind of took a moment to, you know, take a deep breath and find out what re what's real and, and learn that life is bigger than just basketball and everything like that. So once again, through these injuries, I tried to find the positive in it. And, um, I, I ended up not running or jogging, skipping or anything for nine, nine whole months. I was physically inactive. Um, other than I taught myself how to surf and that was my saving grace right there, man. I, I would, I would paddle multiple miles a day, just paddling around surfing 
And it was, it was, that was an awesome, awesome time to, to learn how to surf. I would be in the water for like eight hours a day if I could. I would just, I would go to class and then go straight to the beach, back to class, back to the beach. And that, that was my life for a little while, which ain't, ain't too bad. But uh, it wasn't my first love, man. Not yeah. basketball at the same time, though. So, I mean, nine months in, I'm going crazy. I haven't jogged, ran a step, and haven't even touched a basketball just because I was too scared to – I knew as soon as I touched a basketball, I was going to want to get back into it. And um, so I took as much time as I could. And without telling anyone, I started doing my rehab and tried to figure out my own program to get healthy again and get back on the court. Because that's always been my, my end goal, to go play professional basketball. And that was still in my mind. As much as the doctors told me I couldn't play, I still wanted to and knew I needed to. And um, so I, it started out with, you know, jogging for a minute the first day mm-hmm. and then doing all my other strengthening, this and that. And the next day or the next week, I come back and run three minutes and the following week, come back around five minutes. And I just keep progressing up to where I was running a couple miles a day. And um, then I started to get back on the court and got back into all that. And I was like, you know what? I think I think I can do this. So I started pushing it hard and got pretty much healthy to the point to where I was I was good to go in my mind. And I went back to the doctor and I was like, hey, look, I've been training for the last two months. And this at this point, it had already been like 11 months since he told me I, I couldn't play. And he's like, yeah, all, all you needed was time off. You just needed to stop <laughs> playing. And it was like it, it took that moment for someone to tell me that, no, you can't play for me to actually take the time off I needed to rest my body and kind of recover. Cause I've just been through a lot from just playing, you know, 20, 20 years of basketball already. And all these moments through injuries have definitely shaped the basketball player I am. Um, but that was definitely a difficult time. And I finally started making YouTube videos in this time also. And so I, I, between surfing YouTube videos and starting to get back into basketball, I was starting to find my groove again. I was becoming, you know, a little more positive with myself, this and that. And eventually I went to Rice um, to, to do grad school there. So I graduated from Pepperdine, went to go to grad school at Rice. And Rice is ranked top five university in the nation. So I don't know how they let a kid like me get in there. <laughs> but I guess my Pepperdine degree helped out a little. Um, and there, same thing, playing great basketball. Um, and then I landed on my head in a basketball game. I think it was my seventh or eighth game into the season. I got my legs taken out from underneath me, kind of a, a crappy play where I went up on a shot fake and went up, uh, over the guy's back, landed on my head. And then I got a concussion. I'd never had a concussion before. Didn't know how to deal with that either. So every, I found out that every concussion is completely different. Everyone has different symptoms, their recovery period, some's longer than others. And um, I ended up having a pretty severe concussion um to where I couldn't remember really anything after that day for about two to three months so it happened at the end of November going all the way through January to February I still couldn't still couldn't read or write um and I don't remember Christmas or anything like that I actually flew home or I flew to LA with uh, my fiance for Christmas uh girlfriend at the time and I don't remember any of that I was with her family for Christmas it was I think it was my my first or second Christmas with them. But it's like one of those moments you think you'd, you'd remember. 
and you're you're with your your fiance's family and everything. I mean, I don't I don't remember. I couldn't tell you what gifts they got me at that time. So it was just a really insane experience that I didn't think I was going to go through. And ultimately, I had to withdraw from school because I couldn't I couldn't read or write. So I mean, student athlete, man, if you can't go to class, you can't play. And um, yeah, that's kind of just kind of just how my college career went, man. A lot of ups and downs, fighting through injuries, getting getting back to them, then going through another injury again to where the, the concussion was kind of the final straw on that end of injuries to where I was like, man, I just need to maybe find a different lane of basketball to pursue. And that's kind of what led me to YouTube. And uh, gosh, what a long story, but it's, it, I've been a lot through a lot of injuries. Yeah. So I, I could have made this story a lot longer, but um, yeah, at the end of the day, I'm thankful for everything I've been through. I know it's, it's crappy, but I also know I'm not going to go through many worse situations than what I've been through personally with injuries and had to deal with. Um, so it's prepared, it's prepared me for a lot in life. Definitely. Well, that's why I wanted to talk to you about this. Cause I, I feel like you've been through a lot more in the regards of injuries to the game than most people. And most people might have one injury. Maybe it's lasts a little longer, but you've had multiple different types of injuries that have lasted a long time and taken you out of the game. But then now to still be playing basketball on a different platform with the YouTube stuff you're doing, what was the process there? Did you like go straight from Rice and be like, I'll oh, just keep playing? Or did you have to do any kind of like soul searching or body rebuilding? That's a good question. So after um, Rice, I gosh, I'm so thankful for my dad. He's so supportive through all this. He came out to Houston. Um, and I mean, when I had to withdraw from school, he came out to Houston, helped pack, pack everything up. And we drove back from Houston to Salem. Um, and just after that, I got, I got home and I was really, I had so much anxiety, stress, depression and everything from this con concussion that I'd never had in my life to where I pretty much had to lock myself in my room for, I don't even know how long it might've been close to two months, uh, where I couldn't interact with people. I just would break down, start, start crying for no reason to where I, I just, I couldn't get words out. I couldn't interact with people. It was one of those traumatic brain, brain injuries, some of the scariest things ever, man. So it was, it was a really hard time for me to where, I didn't know what to do. So eventually I ended up, I pretty much was locked in my room for two months and then kind of tried to start adjusting a, a little bit in there. Then towards May, the month of May, I believe, April, May, I started working um, construction for my dad. And I mean, that's about as easy, easy drop job transition as I could have had, you know, working for my dad, um, just doing little odd jobs. I was taking trash out doing demos on on remodels and um then started you know doing more and more here and there to where i was doing pretty much everything construction wise drywall and plumbing electrical all that um and so i did that for eight months or so and as much as i enjoyed doing that i knew it wasn't for me so i decided to follow back up with this youtube thing that i started in college when i was at pepperdine I made the one video, the, the one where I'm dressed up in my wetsuit and I have my surfboard and that video ended up getting, you know, like 8 million views or something. So I knew I could fall back on that, but I was waiting for my, my mind and head to be ready to pick a basketball up again and work out again. Because at that time, if I got my heart rate up, I would get 
like an awful migraine headache a hundred percent of the time. And I worked with a chiropractor and a couple other doctors to help me get back to a point to where I could work out again, which was, you know, saving grace in itself. You know, if, if I'm working out, I'm good. You know, if I can get a sweat out, I'm good. So I finally got to that point to where I could, I could hoop again. And my initial thought was, man, I, I got to go pro. I've got to go train to go pro. And that's, that's what I was doing. And then um, I got some looks from, you know, teams in Australia, some other overseas teams in Asia. And um, then I started making more YouTube videos. And I was like, you know what? This is a lot more easy on my body than going out to some, some foreign country away from my family and friends all isolated again to where I, I, I couldn't go through another injury like that again all by myself. So I, I decided to really push it with the YouTube thing and it paid off big time. So I, I, I'm definitely happy with the decision I've made there going the YouTube route. If you could go back and talk to your 15 year old self at Sprague High School playing for the Oles, Coach Dabrowski, what would you, what would you tell yourself maybe just some advice, whether, I mean, whether the injuries are there or not, even if the injuries come, like, what would you tell yourself that you kind of wish you would have known then? First thing is obviously, um, I just wish I would have taken, you know, a little better care of my health in the regards to flexibility side of everything. Um, to where I was never, I was never a flexible kid growing up. I couldn't even touch my toes, uh, standing up. And then now, present day I work on my flexibility a lot and I'm 26 years old and I'm jumping the best I ever have my knees don't hurt anymore I wish I would have known this information back when I was 15 and I think I think I would have fought off injuries a lot better and prepared myself a lot better for the the gruesome game of basketball um but other really Oh, the only other thing I wish I would have changed or done when I was that age was start my YouTube channel earlier <laughs> because I was making my own highlights. Um, and you know, the deal, man, in Oregon, it's, it's, it's so hard to get recruited, especially yeah. back, you know, in 2010, 2011, 2012, it's crazy how much has progressed since then, but I had to make my own highlight tape. And I put it up on my YouTube channel and that was the way for me to send it out to, to coaches, for my AAU coaches to send it to, to coaches. And that is really what helped blow my recruitment up, you know, my junior, junior, senior year. And I wish I would have kept with making YouTube videos back then. Cause I could have been like a, a basketball pioneer in some sorts. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, I was doing it back then, but not to the full extent of what, you know, I'm doing now. And a lot of people are doing now. Yeah, I don't know if anybody would have predicted that uh, someday you could film yourself playing basketball as a post-college guy on the streets and you could support yourself financially doing that. And it's it's kind of crazy. It's cool. It's really cool. But it's just like... I never would have thought that would have been... Who would have thought, man? Who would have thought? It's like now, now kids grow up wanting to be YouTubers. Wanting I know. <laughs> basketball youtuber it's 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 insane man it i grew is. up wanting to be in the nba that's it uh -huh. yeah so it's just it, it, this wasn't even an option back then if somebody's out there dealing with injuries and basketball is like you know kind of like it was for us it was it's our love it's what we love to do what kind of advice would you have for them who they, if they just don't seem like i just cannot get healthy what advice would you have for them so the the number one thing i would say is 
truly listen to your body and as hard as it is don't get influenced by you know coaches friends teammates that want you back on the court too early and um i felt like i i wasn't when i was younger i feel like i wasn't able to stand up for myself as much in those situations to where i could tell a coach hey no i i can't be on the court man like it, i need i'm only at 60 percent right now i know i can still shoot 50 percent from three but I'm not going to be able to play defense. I'm not going to be able to, you know, run plays, this and that. Wait for me to get to 100%, and then I'll be able to bring the full impact that I know I can bring to a game. And that's kind of the thing I always battled with, man. I was like, okay, get Pepper and I get back on the court at 70%, just because I freaking I love the game so much. I want to be out there, you know? There's So I would just say be patient. That's the thing I've definitely learned through uh, getting older, just being patient with the game. and. It, the game really slows down so much once you uh, remove yourself from it and you finally just become a viewer for a little while to where everything just slows down. You start seeing things completely different to where I wish I would have done that more, just taking a step back and just watch, watch the game instead of always wanting to be on the court, be on the court, be on the court. It's like, man, you can learn a lot from being off the court as well. So take that time to, one, learn your body, two, be patient with it all and just really take the game in in a different perspective. And that's what I've, I've learned through all this. I mean, you learn how to fight through adversity. You learn, you know, you learn things that you wouldn't learn in a day-to-day life, um, how to deal with certain things, but with sports and with basketball, you learn, you learn so much on how to interact and communicate with people and going through injuries, man. It's, it's a character builder. It can either, you can either fold, or you can flourish, you know, it's like, it just, it, it'll show what type of person you are. And, you know, and from my perspective, I always wanted to be out there. I always wanted to get better. So I uh, did everything I could to fight through injuries, but I wish I would have known how to do it better. Mm-hmm. And like now, now I, I know how to deal with my hip pain. I know how to, you know, strengthen my ankles. I know how to stretch properly. Um, those are things I wish I would have learned early on. Yeah. So invest in yourself, invest in your health, invest in your body. Yes, great advice. Great advice for any player. Something else I like asking people, this is off This is off subject, but I like asking people this because there seems to be such a generational divide on it. And you were kind of in the era when AAU was taken off. People, like everybody was playing AAU, and, and now it's even more to that side of things. So if I'm a, if I'm a young man or a young woman and... I want to play basketball the best of my ability. Should I invest in AAU over taking time to work on my game, maybe with a trainer and playing, maybe pick up games with better players? So this, I, I've, you know, I've gone through it. I've, I've had the AAU side and I've had the, the training side to where, man, as crazy as it sounds, when I wasn't playing AAU, I 100% was becoming a better basketball player. And it even translated to, to college in some crazy ways, man, because you're so busy at college. You've got so much going on to where it's really hard to improve your player development side. But those months where I was coming back from college and working out with you or, you know, Gordy James, different guys in Salem, Combino, all them, I was better back home 
And then I would bring that to back to school and I'd be great coming through the first month, but it'd be so hard to stay up with those workouts to where it'd slowly fall off and decline. And then all of a sudden you come back and you do good again. Um, but to get back to the initial question, man, I, I like a little bit of both, but it's like, man, I, I like that because back when I was playing AAU, we were only playing, you know, somewhere from 12 to 16 games a year. But now these kids are playing 50 to 80 mm -hmm. games a year. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not right. At no point are you getting better by just going and rolling the ball out. You know, I mean, you might pick up some new moves here and there, but I would definitely say this, this is what I, I say to a lot of people. It's like, okay, well, are you ready to be in front of a D1 coach and on an AAU court? are your skills at that level yet? It's like, why, why are you going playing AAU eighth grade freshman sophomore year when you're nowhere near ready to be division one level to where it's like, Oh, that coach is going to see you freshman year. He's not going to come back to see you junior year. If you're freshman year, you were, you know, you weren't even a JV freshman type player yet. So in that, that's if your goal is D one, right? I mean, if, if your goal is D two, D three junior college, then you, it might be a little different. But my mindset was always, I got to go D1. I got to go D1. I got to go D1. And I knew that's the level I could get to. So I was trying to be the best I could, could be. And I knew that was the level I needed to get to. Um, so it was kind of a hard situation for me because in Oregon, it was impossible to get coaches to come out and watch you. And I thank, I thank the coaches that all came out to Salem, Oregon, man, because it's not easy to get here. You got to fly to PDX or Eugene, drive down to Salem, come see a game, then fly out late again. So it's like, these college coaches got dedication going around, around recruiting, but um, that's why in AAU, I really didn't do much in Oregon. And then eventually I played in a with a team out of Canada that was kind of an upper, a bigger scale team to where it got me some more exposure. And that was really all the only summer I needed. I finally started getting offers just because I played with that team and was getting in front of coaches. And I was ready then that was my junior year. I was ready to be in front of D one coaches. So I'd say wait until you're ready and only you are going to know when you're ready. And that's, I don't, I don't like when kids push it too early. And that's the thing. I broke my ankle sophomore year and it, it held me out from doing AU too, too early, I think. So a blessing in disguise right there to where finally, once I was in front of front of coaches, they're like, Oh, who is this kid? You know, shooting 50% from three every game and, you know, scoring 20 or whatever in AU on a high level team. Um, that helped me pick up offers from, you know, all over the nation. I had, you know, Florida, UConn, Texas, all of them, them watching our team and, and me. So that, that was a fun time, man. AU is an incredibly fun time if you do it the right way. You know, don't, don't be going out there screwing around. It was like business for me, man. I had to get out there, get, get my name out because I knew no coaches were going to come out to Oregon to see me. What's one book every athlete needs to read? So, I've got the, the Kobe Bryant mama mentality book right here. And it's crazy because I think my sister got it for me for my birthday back in September. And I haven't read it all the way through. And then when Kobe passed away, like it, it, it's been, it's been hard for me, man. Kobe was my, my favorite player, my role model, everything growing up to where I still haven't been able to finish reading it yet. Because I just I legit get emotional, man. It's it's hard, but this is definitely a book that I would recommend to any athlete, any really person out there that wants to work hard at what they do to become successful. So 
recommend that for sure. Outstanding recommendation. What's one habit every athlete needs to start? One habit every, uh, every athlete needs to start yes. would be get on a schedule of taking care of your body, if that makes sense. Um, it, whether it's in the mor every morning you stretch for 20 minutes, every evening you find a healthy way to cool down, whether it's, it's meditate, just breathing exercises, something to relax your mind. Because, you know, in college, that was one of the hardest things. I would be up until two in the morning just thinking about basketball, man. Thinking about it in just any way possible, whether it's, you know, gosh, I'm so excited to play tomorrow. I'm so excited for practice. Or, gosh, I'm so nervous for the game tomorrow. I'm so nervous for practice. Oh, man, we got film tomorrow, and I know I missed a play right there, so coach is going to yell at me and film. It's just like those types of things would keep me up at night. And then I learned, you know, breathing exercises to slow my, my mind down and really just fall asleep, man. If you can get on a great sleep schedule in college, your body is going to thrive. All right. But if you don't, if you're up like me up till three, you're going to have some injuries. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. I think that had a, had a lot, a lot to do with it to where I couldn't turn my mind off. So my body never got rested. So I'd say that's a great habit to pick up is taking care of your body and resting your body overall. And what's one habit every athlete needs to stop? One habit every athlete needs to stop. Oh my gosh, man. This is a hard one because I feel like I have a lot of, a lot of hobbies that help um, relax my mind as well. And like video games is playing one. If, I, if I'm playing video games, I can zone everything out and like finally forget about basketball for a second, which is a really important thing to do. You want to diverse yourself because the more you're only doing basketball, the more you're going to stay up till three thinking about it. Right. But you know, if you can pick up, so the, the, the number one habit to stop would just be, gosh, to, to not just be so single file with what you're doing. It'd be to di diversify um, and pick up a, a hobby here and there. So it's crazy, but stop thinking about basketball as much as you can. <laughs> stop thinking about your sport as much as you can, just because you need a breath of fresh air every once in a while. Spend some time with your family, spend some time with your friends and not feel guilty about it. That's where I would run into some sometimes where I'd feel guilty for spending time elsewhere because man, I could have been getting shots up. I could have been doing a workout, could have been doing this and that. But instead of stressing about that, just being happy and comfortable with knowing that, you know, this is good. I need this, this time to, to regenerate and, and get, get some good rest and, and things like that. Um, let's get to it. Look. Let me restore the passion in golden era fashion. That that's corrupt, you'll turn me up while we run the atlas. Pray the pain won't be in vain. Poor you say the mask it. Why they kiss ass for traction? Build my own lane and lap them. Chances are they want the credit for your sacrifice.
I'll hand you the patent and recreate it twice. Ready to die, you only one and better name your price. On my 25th hour, no relation to Spike. Ask for the spike in my price. Blame the economy. You heard 444. Hope will be proud of me since 22 twos. No competition here, honestly. My mantra is supposed pay me. Call it a prophecy. Boxing one, there's no stopping me. Work to whoever you're praying to. Cooling in the layup line. Look at what y'all made me do. Laughing at advances now. That won't even pay the dues. Y'all stacking up y'all rosters. Suckers always pay the loot.